Christ, Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 123 titled, Pride in a Believer's Life. Sometimes we as believers may not look at our lives close enough to see if we reflect a life centered on God or a life centered on us. There isn't an alternative. Either God is the center and we have rightly become adjusted to him being the center of our life, or we are the center and everything revolves around us. That is what we will be taking a close look at today. There are basically two types of evil on this earth. Natural evils, which include earthquakes, typhoons, tsunamis, flash floods, and so on. These things take lives and bring devastation to mankind and the rest of creation. And then there are moral evils, evils that people commit, like mental, emotional, or physical abuse, slander, character assassination, rape, murder, racism, terrorist attacks, and so on. So when you think of these types of moral evils, which evil acts upset you the most? Which moral evil do you think God hates the most? No doubt God hates all the evils mentioned, but if we look through the scripture, we can see that one of the evils God hates the most is pride. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Proverbs continually compares the action, attitudes, and outcome of fools versus the wise. Pride is a characteristic used to describe the heart attitude of the fool, the wicked, the mocker, the gossip, the slanderer, those that are argumentative, the lawless, faithless, and unteachable. Humility, on the other hand, is a characteristic that describes the wise, the righteous, the gentle, and those who are teachable. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of pride we can feel about a job well done or the kind of pride we express over the accomplishment of a loved one, but the negative side of pride which we all fall victim. So today, like last time, I'm going to be asking a few questions. What is pride? Where is it found? How is it manifested? And what is the remedy? So, first up, what is pride? Let's start with Webster's Dictionary, where it defines pride as an inordinate self-esteem, an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority in talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office, which manifests itself in lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often in contempt of others, insolence, rude treatment of others, and insolent exaltation. In the scriptures, pride almost always carries a negative connotation. The Hebrew words translated pride and haughty in Proverbs chapter 16 both have to do with height and being lifted up. The first one to lift himself up against God was Lucifer, otherwise known as Satan. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 17 records this about him. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, 
and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. Wickedness was found in the heart of this created finite being because of his beauty. And then he corrupted his wisdom for sake of his own splendor. In other words, he was lifted up with pride. Have you seen yourself committing the sin of pride? Pride is rebellion against God because it attributes to self the honor and glory due to God alone. Pride is when we refuse to accept our creature status. We refuse to admit that we are limited, frail, fallen, and dependent. We will be high and mighty, and we will do whatever it takes to preserve ourselves. We make ourselves the sole source of our identity. Self is at the center of everything we do. Everything is about us. Pride is when we think we know how to handle life better than God. When we become so self-absorbed and believe we have the power to save ourselves and to determine our own destiny. Pride says, I don't need God because I know better. Which brings me to the second question. Where is pride found? Pride is found in the heart of each and every human being, and that includes you and me. Because of the fall, we are born with it. It is part of our human nature. And because of the fall and personal sin, we do not act or think as we were created to. We all struggle with pride, but most of the time, we are not aware of it in ourselves and even if we were made aware of it, we often rationalize it away. A practical example is when we try to justify our sin by downplaying it, making it seem harmless, like a little lie, as though there were such a thing. In scripture, the inner attitude of pride is often linked with parts of the human body. Here are a few. There is the pride of the eyes. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 11 says, the eyes of the arrogant will be humbled, and human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Of the heart, in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 2, In the pride of your heart you say, I am a God. I sit on the throne of a God in the heart of the seas. But you are a mere mortal and not a God, though you think you are as wise as a God. Another body part is of one's mouth. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 3 says, Do not keep on talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. Next, of the spirit. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So you see, the outcome of pride is never good. Pride is not like some dinosaur that lived way back then, but a living power in the world. Pride has not only lived in ages past in the souls of prophets and apostles, it lives today and has a place and power in the church as well as the world. Which brings us to the third question. How is pride manifested? Well, it begins to be manifested when a prideful person feels entitled because of who we are or from what we have done, so we deserve certain honors. 
We think we deserve people's love and praise. We think we deserve success, comfort, elevated status. We certainly don't think we deserve suffering, heartbreak, or discipline. Pride manifests as feeling angry or hurt if we aren't appreciated, praised, or recognized. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Pride manifests itself as being unteachable, always has to be right, even when the facts say otherwise. A proud person can never admit fault, ask for help, or advice, or take responsibility when things go wrong. Another manifestation in a prideful person is that they have contempt for others' opinions and is argumentative if they do not get their way. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 10 says, Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Manifestations continue with the prideful person thinking they have the right to hold grudges. They erect walls between themselves and anyone who crosses them. They withhold forgiveness until satisfied that the other person has truly shown that they are sorry to their expectation. They break off relationships when wronged or slighted and encourage others to do the same. They talk about themselves incessantly. Look at me. Look at what I have. Look at what I'm doing for myself. Unfortunately, pride is easier to see in others than in ourselves because of the deceitfulness of our own hearts. Not being aware of our own pride is deadly. When we see a person who is full of themselves and drawing attention to themselves, what do we feel inside? Do we want to cut him or her down to size just a little? No one is immune to pride. It lives in ages past and lives today, even in the church. The Apostle John mentioned in his third letter about Diotrephes, a self-seeking individual. Third John verse 9 says this, I wrote to the church by Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. Pride can kill a church when there is divisiveness, criticism, and competition. Have you ever thought, boy, I wish so-and-so were here to hear this sermon? Well, that's pride. This message is for all of us. Or, I don't need to learn, study, or grow in the knowledge of God or myself. My prayer life is enough to teach me what I need to know. Pride is unteachable, satisfied with its own self. If you are scrambling for glory and recognition for yourself, rather than giving it and serving others, you are going against the grain of Scripture. Let's read this prayer from Jesus in John chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the one and true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now... 
this is how God originally designed us, to give him glory. So how do you break the power of pride? In other words, our fourth question, what is the remedy for pride? In one word, humility. So how do we humble ourselves? It's through a healthy fear of the Lord. Humility is having an honest appraisal of our capacities and limitations against the standard of an all-knowing, infinitely intelligent, all-powerful, all-wise God. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. In order to have the fear of the Lord, you have to humble yourself. Humility leads us to having a healthy fear of the Lord. Pride deceives us into thinking we can do life on our own. We're capable, independent, unstoppable, self-reliant. We think we don't need God, except maybe in an emergency. Pride makes us believe we don't need his help, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, and hope. Pride blinds us from seeing our true condition before God. We break the power of pride through humility. Humility is the polar opposite of pride. Just as light drives away darkness, so humility drives away pride. However, we cannot become more humble by focusing on humility, as it becomes a source of pride when we believe we have achieved it. Humility has been described not as thinking less of ourselves, but as thinking of ourselves less. Humility means shifting our focus from self as the center of the universe to focusing on God and making him the center of our lives. It means trusting in God and not ourselves. We know that we are limited, frail, fallen, and have nothing to give God but our sinful selves. Humility is realizing there is no way we can live life on our own. We do not have the answers to or even have control over our life. Humility is understanding that with all of our diligence, planning, talents, beauty, brains, accomplishment, we cannot guarantee the resources we will need for our welfare or our future. Wisdom is being humble enough to admit that and then submitting yourself to God and wise godly counsel. Therefore, we take the focus off ourself and we look to Jesus. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, who humbles himself to live among his own creation and to die for humanity. Jesus, who was entitled to the highest honor among all honors and glory, gave it all up for us. He not only left heaven's splendor to save us from hell and eternal separation from God, but provided us with an eternal inheritance. And while he was on this earth, he humbled himself as a servant. He didn't use his title or authority, endured the disrespect of the religious crowd, spent time with the and healed the despised of society, blessed little children, wept over his people, washed the feet of his followers, did everything his father asked of him, forgave those who crucified him. He was kind and lowly, 
Does this kind of humility characterize our life? Humility means God comes first in everything. Not me, not people, but God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we see him for who he truly is, we are awed by him, eager to please him, longing to follow him, humbled to be taught by him. Proverbs chapter 15, verses 33 tells us, Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. I want to close with this passage from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Verse 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Thank you.